No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. So I don't know if how it is around your house, but around our house, once it gets to evening time and everybody's home, one of the hardest decisions on the planet to make is what to eat for dinner. <laughs> oh, I think true. that's everybody's <laughs> like, number one question. I, I hear it from people at work. I, I know it around here because I live here. Let us make it easy for you. If you live in Portland, there's three locations of fire on the mountain to serve you. If you live in Denver, there's two locations out there to serve you guys. Go have some of that amazing stuff for dinner That's tonight. That's right. Break out of the norm. Go do something you haven't done in a while. Take everybody out. Go get some amazing chicken wings or pizza and some calzones. delicious calzones. And their amazing desserts. Go check out the menu at at uh, what's the, the website? Help me out. Portlandwings.com. <laughs> there you there go. Well, what what new sauces do we so, have? So um, at the Burnside location, they have a red peanut mole sauce, oh. which is vegan. And then the non-vegan is the garlic parmesan dry rub. That's oh, at the Burnside. Shit. And then at the interstate location, they have a blackberry habanero sauce and a Texas meats Thai dry rub. Mm. What do they got going on over at Fremont Apple? Well, over the Fremont location, they're throwing down the apricot horseradish sauce and the spicy barbecue dry rub. See, we just gave you like, what is that, six? Yeah, six ideas of what to have for yeah. dinner tonight. And that's on top of all the and other sauces And six reasons to go have. there. Yeah, so <laughs> go check out Fire on the Mountain if you're in Portland or in Denver. And hey, they even have their own brewery there. So, you know, have some wings. Have some pickle fries, spears. Have some pickle spears. Yeah. Nice, there's so many things. Yeah, nice call it cold a fun beer. night. Yeah. And hey, listen, if you're not in Denver or Portland, don't be sad. Go online to portlandwings.com. Hook yourself up with some sauces. Make the whole experience happen at home. Then next time your spouse is like, yo, what are we having for dinner? You'd be like, I ordered this sauce from Fire, Fire on, the, on mountain, the Mountain. And it's on tonight. And then you see what happens. I mean, I can't make any guarantees, but you know. Shit's going to get saucy. Yeah, you're going to have a good time. In the world of lot teas, there's a lot of choices. There sure is. You can get stuff that looks like it came from a third grader. You can get stuff that looks like (laughs) it came from the 70s. 
You can get stuff that looks like it came from under a dumpster in a parking lot. But you know what you can also do? You can go to shoptourbus.com and get the coolest Grateful Dead inspired merchandise on the planet. This is true. It is also the most comfy t-shirts and hoodies and everything that you will ever wear. Yeah, go to at shoptourbus on Instagram or shoptourbus.com and go look at the myriad of designs that they got going on over there. And if you are a Grateful Dead fan and know Grateful Dead song names, you are going to be pleasantly surprised at what you find. And then when you decide to get whatever wonderful option that you chose, t-shirt, hoodie, stickers, they are going to come to you in an all-over print box. There's going to be a bunch of extras in there. And you might get lucky and get a bootleg. A miracle. A bootleg cassette. And you know what? Just in time for the holidays, we're giving you, look, we told you a tea for dinner. Now we're telling you what to get your friends and family for, for the holidays. Yeah. So go to shoptourbus.com. Put and when in the you're, promo code. When you're checking out, put in the promo code No Simple Road, all one word. No you're going to get word. free shipping from free shipping. the family over at Shop Tour Bus. So support No Simple Road and our family of sponsors and the Grateful Dead family at large at shoptourbus.com. Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Mel Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out.
lubricated and hydrated now, Apple? I think so. Okay. Yeah. You got your tea in. You got my tea. Right. I'm, I'm Mel, you fine. good? I, any any coughs actually, happening? Or? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I do have a little. Got some water. Like we always, you know, hydrate. Safety third. No, you know? it's the beginning of the episode. You can't say that. Everything will crash. The space-time continuum will rip. That's true. Anyway. Oh, hey, now We're back. No Simple Road Family. This is Aaron. And Mel. And Apple. And we're here to bring you uh, amazing new stuff that you are going to absolutely love. This week on the show, we would like to welcome Nick Millivoy from Grassy Sounds. You guys are going to dig this music. I can't wait for you to hear this music and this conversation with Nick. This is one that um, I had never heard of Grassy Sound. And as soon as I found out about them, I was totally enamored and doing the deep dive. Yeah. They became a new favorite immediately. Definitely. Uh, It was, it was the night after green sky when we were partying here back at the house with our friends that like you had put on like, it was like one in the morning. We were sitting on the front porch. We were still a little lit and you had put on Radiohead. Yeah. And I was like, uh, put on grassy sound and we put it on and the rest of the night, that was it. And it is, it's so calming and it just, it takes you on an adventure. It's a definite adventure. One of the um, cool things that I wrote during our um, interview was we don't need big music all the time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a mouthful. I, this is why I, I write these incredible little tidbits from our interviews because it's so true. The other day I was at work and usually somebody will put their phone on and play a playlist like At, like over the loudspeaker in the yeah. store? Okay. So people make playlists for work and sometimes it's the same person putting their music uh. on. Yeah, so you're hearing the same playlist. Well, this time it was one of our um our mates who ha- loves hard rock and like screamo music. You're allowed to play that stuff in there? No one's there yet. Oh, oh okay. No one's okay. there yet. Okay. And I was like kind of annoyed at first. I'm listening. But then it just kind of like pumped me up. (laughs) And I was like, actually, I guess at 530 in the morning, this isn't a bad playlist. And it just, it cracked me up because I haven't listened to that music in such a long time. But it like, it got me going. Well, this stuff is definitely not screaming. No, well, the only reason I mentioned that is because sometimes you need something a little different for your head. If you're always listening to the same stuff. I know I was always listening to spa music a lot, and then that's the last thing I would want to listen to when I came home. You Abs- know, absolutely, and and it's weird too that the tie-in with Nick and the guys that he plays with, man, like these are members of the Meat Puppets, yeah. that he's well, playing with. Well, the other member of this duo is Rob Stabinski, who right. played with the Meat Puppets, and then they bring in. You'll hear in the interview he talks about it. They close out the album with Tumbling Tumbleweeds, and it's the whole band of the Meat Puppets joining them to to close out this album, which it, is, it, it, it's like, it's like an awesome, it's an awesome, like, movie soundtrack mm-hmm. that changes your through head. different environments, and I say it in here, it takes you on a journey. This is one you could lay with your headphones on, which I've done, and you just close your eyes. Or and, party and on it, your front and porch it becomes, at three in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it, it's, it becomes very visual. It's very, very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, they, they, they um, managed to do something really ama- amazing in this. Yeah, it, it, I love that it's like, for me personally, 
this is full circle musical journey of my life because I listened to the meat puppets as a kid, like a little punk rock kid in Vegas running around going to desert gigs and shit. And now all these years later, here we are full circle. And this is definitely not that no stuff. And that is so, cause I'm not that guy anymore. So it's like this total representation of my musical circle. And journey. well, what's cool about that is that one of the other things I wrote, um, you know, when you have like a sign with a slash through it, yeah. you know, and that I wrote that with lawyer, no lawyers, <laughs> no lawyers. And once you all get into the interview, you'll understand why. Okay. Yeah. I don't even understand. You don't remember? Why. No, you don't. Okay. You'll have, you gotta, you're gonna have to listen. Yeah, you got to listen. Tell you. Far out. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So you, everybody go check this out. Apple, yeah. can you help us out with details on where to find them and all that fun stuff? Where to find them at? Yeah. I mean, I know Bandcamp. Yeah, Bandcamp is the best way because it actually gives back as more to the artist than any other platform. Oh, and yeah, the, one second. And once you fall in love with Grassy Sound, do the deep dive and go check out Desertion Trio as well because that is also amazing. Yeah, but well, Mel, that that's the best on Bandcamp because then you can like support them and stuff. But it's on your streaming services. I've been listening to it on Apple Music. Okay, yeah, you can get you know you can find it just about anywhere. All right. Well, we're gonna get y'all to the interview here in a second. We're gonna do the business real quick. That's right. All right. Wait, I was gonna throw in one more thing as I always do. You have I to, haven't you done have it. To in throw a while, it in. But here it goes. Whoosh, uh, Go over to YouTube as usual and oh, check yeah. it out. And there's a couple. They got some really. They did a video for tumbling tumbleweeds, and then they have one. It's kind of the jammer on the album, Flitzer. And there's a, there's a video of them just like chilling out on the back patio playing this crazy. I mean, this music it it's like it's like surf music, like that old guitar mixed with piano. I, I mean, it is eclectic and amazing. Yeah, there's but no seeing category. them do it live. Like sitting there, there's several videos of them playing together, and the way these two groove together will just blow your mind. Yep, most definitely. <laughs> we get like a lot of bands send us stuff. Hey, we'd like to be on the show, and it's hard to get to everybody, you know, because there's only we record mostly on the weekends, and yeah. there's only so Limited many weeks in a year, and yeah. blah blah blah. <clears throat> it's a great problem to have, but it when. I found this in our email. I was like, holy shit, let's get these cats scheduled immediately, man. So I hope you all feel the same way. And this is something you can put on. Like I, it feels like right now, this music yeah. to me, like it feels like this time of year and it just matches. Yeah. I don't know. You, oh, also you guys will see. one last thing too. Condolences, Nick and everybody in Philly. Uh, when oh, we did yeah. this interview, we were talking about it. The, uh, it, it was the world series. And they Philly's gave, one. gave the Astros a run. No, the, no, no, no. It just on on my paper. It's like, oh they, they yeah, must we're have talking won. about it. But they and they gave the Astros a run for their money. So there's always next year. And, and the Eagles. Be quiet. The Eagles are doing just fine. They, 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 yeah, they're eight and one now. But that that yeah, they're still they're up in the front there. All right. Anyway, let's let's do the business. Follow No Simple Road at No Simple Road on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Go to nosimpleroad.com. There's a merch tab there. You can get No Simple Road merch. You can sign up for tarot readings with Mel and I. That's we, right. We uh, would suggest that if you have somebody in your life that you don't know what to get them for the holidays, you can sign up for a tarot reading or sign them up for a tarot reading. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It'll give to them all year long. 
and hey, it gives to us, and that's cool, yeah. right? It's a yeah. way to support us and get something different. And uh, also, you can go to patreon.com forward slash no simple world. We haven't had any new patrons in a while, everybody. And, I, you know, I I don't know. I, we Maybe you all love commercials so much and you want us to have so many sponsors yeah. so that we can keep doing <laughs> hours and hours of commercials. No. Maybe that's what it is. No, I don't think that's it. I think that people just don't know and they don't. Um, or we need to be reminding y'all, yeah, Craig. We got to remind y'all, Craig. You can sign up on Patreon for, a, for as little as a dollar a month. Yeah. And that helps us keep going. And, you know, there is a certain level of patronage on Patreon that we will be able to back off on advertising. So, hey, that's a thing, too. So go to patreon.com forward slash no simple road and help us keep doing the show and putting out two episodes a week for y'all. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a way to keep it going and send that, you know, I mean, the cute little holiday dollars. That's what I want. <laughs> right cute on. little holiday like dollars. Apple. You know, I look like Santa. I don't want to come show up at your front porch right. with the bucket and being like, ling, ling, ling with the bell. But oh, I, mean, I hate if that. You, if that's something somebody requested, you know, I might, might do you might that. Do it. Right? You got to be a Patreon. To- if you want to do something that doesn't cost any money, you can go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star review five, star five review. stars and also if you don't want to do anything that costs anybody money just be like hey friend listen to this dope episode with grassy sounds you'll love this music and that friend will be like right on this is my new favorite album oh and while you're at it if you haven't followed us on instagram do that yeah i, I, th- I know i already said also, it but it's can, can we say one thing about that oh, yeah Thank you to everybody who follows us on Instagram. We got to 10,000 yeah. followers. Yeah. We've been trying to do that for a very long Five time. Five years, baby. And whoever has done that, we just want to say thank you because thanks, it was y'all. a big deal. It's like, you know, if you're 5,000th customer or something like that in your store. And it's just like a really great feeling to have the support from the NSR family. Yeah, you you all are amazing and communicating that, with all you on Instagram and just it's it's the best and, and, and in the world in the world of numbers sometimes that doesn't sound like it'd be a lot but what we do in our hand you picture when you go to a show you're, you're sitting there in the, in the crowd with 10,000 people that's a big crowd that's a big that's half, show that's half of dicks that's like yeah <laughs> that's half a dick half a dick that's right <laughs> yeah we're at half a dick right oh. So, but anyway, thank you so much. And then the other thing you can do, we we're, we're keep we're going to ask again: holiday recipes, trip reports, nine seven one eight zero eight fifteen twenty four. That is the tepid line. That's and right. we know, we know, Aaron threw it out there last week. We know some of you. We know that you went and saw the Goose and Tab shows. So come on, man, throw us a bone. We want to hear about it. Oh, I have an announcement to make. Everybody ready? Ready? Are you I'm ready? ready? I'm ready for it. Skull and Roses is coming back in April next year, everybody. Dang. They are getting ready to announce their lineup on... A, oh, hang on. Let me look it up. Hang on one sec. Okay, there. I looked it up. Good looking. Ready? On 11-25 at 11-11, they are announcing their lineup and the general on sale happens. And I mean, okay, I don't know any inside information. I know you guys don't believe me when I say that. I swear I don't. How do you know that they don't believe you? But I just, because I've had people say, oh, come on, you guys know who's who's going to be in the lineup. Tell what us. Make, what and makes like, you think that they think you're smart? Exactly. Like, these things. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Trust Any, me, he doesn't. Anyway, thanks, Mel. 
Um, what? You, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was so you were so sure of it. I'm like, why would he think that? Because I, I've been asked. Anyhow, I don't know, but I do have a sneaking suspicion that that lineup is going to be fucking fire. So be on the lookout on 1125 at 1111. It's a lot of 11s. Well, it is a lot of 11s. 11's a good number, man. It is a good number. So, yeah, Skull and Roses, and we're going to be there. You should be there. You should come hang out with us. It's going to be amazing. Next April, come party down in Ventura. It's dope. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, all, all that stuff is true. And it's gonna. Well, what is it? I think it's Thursday is four twenty. The first day or the second day is on four twenty. Oh, they have like a four twenty day. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's all the business stuff. Um, you got Patreon. You got Skull and Roses. You got our website. Tepid line nine seven one eight zero eight fifteen twenty four. That you have. Tell a friend. And um, yeah, grassy sounds. Everybody. Yeah. Nick Millivoy. Should we do it? Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Without further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you Nick, Nick Millivoy of Grassy Sound.
you are one of the, it, the the glorious few that doesn't come on muted, and we have to be like, you're po- muted down in the, the corner. corner. <laughs> no offense to our previous guests. No. <laughs> I've just gotten good at looking for that unmute button. What's going on, man? How's your day going? Day's going great. Phillies won last night. Uh, it was a oh. really awesome game. Really stressful. It was a late <laughs> night with them. I don't know if you guys are. I, I am. Oh, I'm a sport. Yeah. I wore this because I'm an Eagles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm an Eagles fan. But I know, yeah, the Phillies beating the Astros. I mean, you got your hands full when you're playing the Astros. They're, yeah, man. they're a lot. It was a long one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm Aaron. Hey. <laughs> right. We need to know each other. Um, And I'm Mel. Nice to meet you, Nick. And I'm Apple. And and nice this th- this is Darwin. Yeah, that's hey, Darwin. Darwin's the fourth member that sometimes is here, sometimes he's usually hiding. Um, for everybody listening, man, why don't you tell them who you are and what you what you do? All right, so my name's Nick Millavoy. I'm a guitar player. I live uh, in the Philadelphia area, um, and I have uh, a couple different projects that I that I work on right now. I'm focusing on. A band called Grassy Sound. We just had a record come out called The Sounds of Grassy Sound. And, uh, you know, the, the band started as a duo project for Ron Stabinski and I. Um, Ron is an organ player. And we started as kind of this kitschy sort of like surf inspired, um, surf inspired, but little, you know, quirky, quirky duo. And uh, one thing led to another. And uh, Ron plays in the Meat Puppets and uh, Derek Bostrom, the drummer of the Meat Puppets, he got involved in the project and we became a trio. And then the other guys ended up on the record and, you know, this and it evolved into a, a less of a side project and more of a band. More of a, more of a front <laughs> project. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah, so, not so kitschy anymore, right? Now it's, now it's yeah, legit. Yeah. Shit got real fast. <laughs> it's, it's so good, man. It's, yeah. oh, thank you. Yeah. It, it's, it's really, um, it's a fun yeah. listen and cool. what, that's the idea. Yeah. And what's also great about it is, is like, okay, put it on in the house. You can like cook, you can clean, you can get down with a couple of those things before, you know, and it's just like last night, this morning, we've been like jamming to it and it's so unobtrusive, but it also has a personality in the room. Mm. Do you know, like uh, some stuff is so just cool. like in the background and it's cool because you want it in the background, but this stuff, you can get involved with it when uh, you want, which that's what I love because it's an active music. I was telling Mel, I think it was you. <laughs> there might be someone Or else. him. I can't remember. <laughs> somebody. Uh, each song reminds me of a movie. Like, yes. Like each awesome. song is its own movie and yeah. has its own characters and its own little arc and stuff and and it's really unique that was the word i was looking for in the beginning like this is super unique and what's weird about it is the punk rock roots of this right and there's another artist that we follow that's used to be a pro skater and oh, yeah. and does music all instrumental jazz oriented tommy guerrero have you ever okay. heard of him? Yeah, he used to be a pro skater and he was really involved in the punk scene back in the day and kind of not musically the same, but the same roots. Just just the same in the sense that it's instrumental and it's kind of got that awesome vibe. I think you'd totally dig it. You'd you'd really enjoy it. Um, You gotta send it my way. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But but my question is like, where's the crossover, do you think, from that punk rock vibe to this? Because I've seen it more than once and it's happening often. So what's your take on that? Well, for me, I um, you know, I've never been personally, I I would I would be being a poser to say I'm much of a punk rocker. I'm, I'm certainly not. I come from more of um, sort of a jazz adjacent background. Okay. Um, as far as, um, as, as far as like the types of bands I've played in and stuff like that, like loud, no, you know, noise bands, stuff like that. I've, I've done a lot of um, so jazz adjacent, but not jazz. Got like um, lots of improvised stuff, um, but really like stuff that, is on the harsher end of the spectrum, mm -hmm. uh, like a little bit rougher, meant to be like intense and, you know, so they really inspired by inspired by punk rock without necessarily like being punk rock. Got it. Yeah. Um, I guess is the thing. And, uh, you know, my own way of getting into something where I'm trying to make music that's like pseudo background music and inspired by, you know, easy, easy listening music of the sixties and stuff like that is, uh, I just, at a certain point, I mean, I've, I've played thousands of shows and toured all over do, doing the most confrontational, noisy kind of music that I could imagine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think, I think at some point I just thought like, what if it were, <laughs> what if it were a little bit more fun? Um, not that? that that stuff isn't fun, but it's like the confrontational idea. And I still, I still play a lot of music. that's pretty harsh sounding, but, um, you know, just looking, looking for other ways to engage people. And mm. I, I enjoy, like, I, I think about my own listening and how that stuff crosses over. Like I love, I spend more of my time, especially as I get older, more and more of my time listening to stuff that sounds more like grassy sound than the stuff I was making, say in my twenties and early thirties. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, so for yeah. me, that's how I got there. And then, you know, I think that everybody's got their own path, but I do think that there is like a trend towards like, you know, people get older and they're looking for new sounds and um, you can be a little bit more nuanced. Every, every emotion that you express mu musically doesn't have to be so big. And uh, <laughs> you don't have to throw a tantrum every time you get angry. Yeah. So like, you know, in, in that sense, I would never say it's like musical maturity or something. Ooh. Like I, I, it's just following a path of like, people people tend to follow a lot of people tend to follow that path of like looking looking for other things that's like, a solid you know, not to not to speak for the meat puppets no. because I'm not at all but like you know if you look at their own trajectory of like the what they sounded like in the 80s when they were very confrontational and it's like the their influences were always really apparent like country rock and you know jammy jammy classic rock stuff too um I mean, a million influences. If Derek listened to this, he'd probably tell me I got something wrong. Um, <laughs> and Derek should have like, been on. You know, their their last record is essentially a country rock record. Yep. It's like it's really streamlined and clean production and stuff. So it's I think it's a common a common thing that people start to like looking for more nuanced kind of approaches. Well, I think I think too that that what you're talking about the musical maturity thing also. Um, is influenced by musical ability as well, because as you, as you continue on your journey as a musician, you become 
more adept at expressing yourself through your instrument. And then your palette becomes bigger to paint with. Cause like you said, every emotion doesn't need to be so large. You can, you can be subtle and bringing those elements in. I think that's just like partly natural progression, but right before we got on with you, we were talking about like the crossover between punk rock and polka. Right. And like, (laughs) There is definitely crossover there, and it's it's just a weird well that, that thing. like I would say I have a really good buddy that's really really still you know I'm I'm 53 and his he's in his late 40s still very about punk rock, but he also loves drinking and listening <laughs> to like Irish shanty songs, polka, the Oompa bands because it kind of goes in hand in hand with that like drinking and partying and having a good time and being rowdy. And polka is in your face. Those song, those those things are in your face. You know, it's like you're saying playing loud music. It's yeah. you you can't you can't be having a conversation when you're in a polka hall drinking. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't happening. No. But what's the No, and that's that's an interesting so I, I'll just point to one crossover there that maybe maybe was intentional or unintentional, but the, the with the polka thing. Um but uh if you you know, if you think about it like punk rock is, you know, it's about like channeling energy. Right. And it's like, often it comes off and really the best punk rock is sloppy and, and is not worried about like clean technique and stuff like that. And like polka is the opposite as far as like, you know, you listen to like a, a killer polka band, like all of the players are just shredding, but it's, it's meant to be like this loud music that's fast and intense mm-hmm. and uh, i'm far from an expert on polka but i my, that's my experience with polka. <laughs> my, but, my experience uh, with polka is weird al yankovic and a couple yeah, others no shit. <laughs> no shit, right? so ron who who is the other half and now third of of grassy sound is um you know he has a very deep polka cred oh and uh so i don't <laughs> I don't know if you know about that, but he, no. uh, yes, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the, are you familiar with this? Well, I saw, like, kind of, like, brushing up on you guys, I saw, it like, goes from Polka in his youth to, like, you know, being associated with the Meat Puppets and other, very eclectic kind of journey. He has a very eclectic journey, and he, he continues to be very eclectic, but if you, you know, if you look at, um, Jack Black did a Netflix mu- movie a couple years ago called The Polka King. And if you watch okay. his television appearance, it's a very funny movie. It's based on a real story. And uh, if you look at his TV appearances, there's Ron right behind him. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. I'm going to have to check that with, out. With, uh, with Jack Black. <laughs> you know, I, I think... Well, go ahead, Apple. Huh? Well, I, I was just going to go back to the how you guys threw out your album. Like, kind of just an album review. I... I I just I love the tracks on this because one thing we love instrumental music around you know we love all music but instrumental music kind of like Mel said it's usually kind of background but sure. this album is very involved and it takes you on a journey I was sitting out there this morning we're in uh, Portland Oregon so it's rainy season very foggy out and everything and I'm sitting out front and like astronaut that's I, I love astronaut and worried are my two favorites on oh, here cool. I, I I can't really nail why, but like astronaut is very it, it's very intense. It reminds it like times it's like you know it's like walking down the boardwalk. All of a sudden you're surfing, and then it's like a mad conductor, and then kind of <laughs> comes back in, and then worried really has a couple jams. I I'm a huge Peanuts fan, and I can picture like Linus like like Linus yeah. on acid, like <laughs> just getting crazy on the keyboard, and then 
my favorite too is you guys ending ending with the tumbling uh yeah, tumbleweeds. I want to talk about that. It sounds like a I was sitting out there getting images of like David Lynch movies and like cuz we're you know it's foggy, it's like Twin Peaks Pacific Northwest and it just it paints a really eclectic cool like the influences I don't necessarily relate to musicians or music but to things out of the 70s, you know, growing up in the 70s and 80s and stuff, it just takes you down memory lane of all these images and things, even a little, a few of the jams are kind of like that, uh, like the late 60s, early 70s, like grocery store game show, like type music. <laughs> that, that's like, that's like you're, you know, you got Fuck this funky, yeah. funky little walk that you're just kind of walking through the grocery store. And then next thing you know, you turn another corner. It, it's it, it's fun. Like Mel said, it's yeah. really, really cool. Can you can you talk to us a little bit about Tumbling Tumbleweed? Because sure. I, that there's certain songs that are like, at least to me, iconic staples of american music and that for sure is one of them i grew up i'm sure have, it brings up memories of your dad i was just gonna say i have like really vivid memories of driving between las vegas and la in the desert at night with my dad and my dad singing that song so can you so yeah can you tell me a little bit about why you picked that and how it came about and how it got born the way you guys did it sure yeah so you know, for me, just thinking about like what what I'm trying to do in the big picture is like the, the idea with this project was it, the whole project came out of this record that my my band Desertion Trio did a, an album of covers from the 50s and 60s uh, called Twilight Time, named after the Platter song. And uh, so we're, you know, Desertion Trio, there's three of us. Um, but we expanded the lineup. We had uh, the singer from the Sunra Orchestra, Tara Middleton, uh, sings on about half the record. And then we brought in Ron to play on about half the record. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, Ron and I just, I think we both had so much fun making, well, hopefully we all had fun making the record, but Ron and I like really like <laughs> vibed on making this record. And, and this kind of thing is like the other guys, I was sort of dry, pulling them into my thing. Um, whereas Ron like can really live in this space. So that's like grassy sounds sort of came from like, I wanted to write my stuff, like original tunes that sound like what we did on the covers record. And we did, you know, we, we did very creatively arranged covers. I would, I would say they, none of them sound like the original. Um, but, uh, you know, then it was like, all right, so the next step is to just like, this is fun to work inside of these influences Let's like take this to the next thing, just the two of us, because we're vibing on this. Um, so when we started doing that, we played a couple shows. We played a couple live shows. And Ron and I had kind of been looking for a duo project anyway, because we had played a few times like that and had fun. And, um, you know, just sort of brainstorming like what my relationship was to that music and what I wanted my own tunes in that style to sound like. I really spent a lot of time thinking about this album called uh, Going West by Grant Green, which is one of my favorite. I mean, I would I normally say, actually, that that's my favorite Grant Green record and Grant Green, you know, top top tier favorite jazz guitar player of mine. Um, and that record is uh, it's all cowboy tunes by like 
it's it played by Grant with like a really amazing band and Serbie Hancock on piano. And oh, shit. it's, right. it's so, so, so good. And I've listened to that album so many times. I've transcribed the solos I've you know, I've gone through on, uh, on twilight time. We did River, red river Valley as sort of my ode to that album. But then I thought, what if we did like a really slow sort of David Lynchy version of tumbling tumbleweeds, which is on that album. And that was like, that was where I came in. Like, we could just face it really far out and really take our time with it. And with the organ, it'll be like really spooky. And, um, you know, so we we got into that and I, I wrote an arrangement that my goal was for it to sound like tumbling tumble, you know, be tumbling tumbleweeds. But there's some weird rhythmic stuff in there that's supposed to be sort of, you know, kind of subliminal. And uh, so we started playing it and that became all right, we'll do this one cover on the album because this it became a part of our set. And then I said, it would be really great. We should get somebody to sing this one. Like, we'll close the album with this song. We'll have somebody sing it. And who do you think we should we should have sing and then ron was like well we'd have chris sing it chris kirkwood and oh that's a great idea like we we should totally do that and then like duh i like it none through this whole thing like we hadn't talked about it i hadn't realized that the meat puppets did tumbling tumbleweeds on yes. first record. <laughs> yeah. and so like Very oh different. no right of course we should you're in the meat puppets we should have we should have chris sing it and then that was the plan was like chris was going to sing on this track and overdub a part and you know, thing, things happened. We sent our demos to those guys. Ron shared it with everybody. And then Derek started sending us him playing over the record. And we're like, well, I guess I guess Derek wants to be in the band. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when they went to record it in, uh, it was New Year's Day 2020. When they, I wasn't there when they recorded the Tumbling Tumbleweeds part. This was out in Phoenix. Uh, Ron just sent me videos of the whole band in the studio. Like Kurt showed up, like they all just, they did they i guess they dug the arrangement and and wanted to play on it so it's like that sort of that shifted the whole project around that's that song particularly is why it went from being a duo to this other thing that's so cool um wow. which is very cool but yeah so tumbling tumbleweeds it's like it's a part of their thing and so that pulled them into it and for me it's a part of you know i i love the sons of the pioneers I love the big Lebowski, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. that's just, it comes from all these places that I just love that song. And it was my way of like getting into this, like idea that, you know, the grand green cowboy concept thing, like, well, this is what, this is really what, how I'm coming to this music. That's I, I, I read, so cool. uh, re reading some like, uh, reviews of the album and stuff that I don't know. There's one out there where he's, you could tell he's very uh, musically inclined. He breaks down kind of some time uh -huh. changes, but then in the end, he comes back to tumbling tumbleweeds, and he's like, you know, huge fan of the Meat Puppets. When they when they originally did it, they're like, he, basically, he was like, I don't want to be mean, but he's all. But on this album, they've redeemed themselves. <laughs> like you come back this many years later, and they did it right, and it was beautiful and eerie and all it that. Almost feels it, like that song almost feels like it's gonna fall apart. Like there's barely it's any a, glue holding the thing together. It, it reminded me of a reel to reel. Like you're listening to it on a reel to reel, and the reel to reel is kind of warped in a few spots. Like all, almost like is yeah. the speed right? Yeah, it, it, it's well done. You well know, done. Nick, just seeing you and seeing your uh, your face, yeah, when you're talking about this stuff is really cool, man. 
I, cool. I can see how stoked you are on this mm-hmm. and it comes through in the music, but I didn't recognize that until I saw you. And now I'm like, that's what I was hearing. Like, oh, that's dope, man. Like it, I'm so glad that's, that's really nice thing to say. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and you know, some of my favorite music in the world is like the weirdest most spacey part of the jam band world. Like I would, I was one of those people, like I toured with the dead back in the late eighties, early nineties. I was the guy that was waiting for space. Like that was my favorite part of the show. Um, like with fish, I love when we're 40 minutes into a jam and I forget what song is even being played. And there's elements in this album of that there's, and, and I noticed it with desertion trio as well. There's a lot of that, like, really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, there's no structure happening. You've left, <laughs> you've left the building, and you're just feeling whatever's happening. And I wonder, as a musician, because I play guitar, and and by no means would I say I'm good, but <laughs> it's hard to find those spaces and stay there do you find that like that's taken years and years and years of like honing to be able to get into those spaces and stay there and allow it to happen without trying to fuck it up um that's an interesting question i think that for me i've sort of um that's a place it's a place where i i realized that i wanted to go very early in my mm. in my music. like that was stuff that i was always drawn to um, whether it was with the dead or fish or, you know, then later with sun listening to Sun Ra and, you know, just experience John Coltrane and Ornette and just like finding which of those sounds and which of those approaches appealed to me. It was always the most far out stuff. Something I tend to talk about with like, I've, I've talked about a lot with like, I taught guitar for decades and, uh, I would talk to students, you know, I'd get students who were like, I get a lot of students who are trying to figure out where, where they wanted to take their music, like after high school or in college or whatever, and, and becoming jaded with like realizing that jazz wasn't for them. And what I would always say is like, I coming out of, coming out of high school, I thought that like, I I thought I was into jazz and I thought that that was like what I wanted to do. And um, I started listening to jazz, even in high school, I was listening to like bebop and I just, I didn't get it. It was too much information. And it was like, (laughs) I could hear, I, you know, honestly, I just thought like saxophone was easy to play because like good saxophone has played so many notes and played so fast. And then I heard love Supreme and then I heard Sun Ra and I was like, well, this is, this is cool. I could live in this space. I don't want to live in giant steps. And, you know, now I love that stuff. Now I'm talking about Grant Green and I, I love giant steps and I love, but like really early, it was like, I went, I went to that stuff first. Really? Uh, mm. Just complete freedom. And I think it comes from being into, you know, growing up on classic rock and, you know, going to see jam bands and stuff, especially in high school when I'm, I was like forming this and like going into like, just like heavy swinging shit, like, that didn't speak to me the same way that like, how far could it go? How crazy could it get? What's the craziest guitar <laughs> sound? All that stuff. Right. Um, so like, 
in college, I, I, you know, I didn't end up studying jazz. I ended up just like finding the weirdest guitar players I could and chasing them down for guitar lessons and stuff like that. And, you know, so that's been a thing I've been chasing since I was a teenager, like how to, how to take it super far out and how to get as, as untethered from, you know, the beat as possible. And it's like, um, my whole trajectory has been the opposite. Like over time, I've gotten closer Come to getting back. into the beat <laughs> and getting into like songs and, you know. Oh, so, you can have structure. Cool. That's, it, was, it was just the other thing. I just went, I went the other direction. That's I started a, as detached as possible. That's a trip, wow. man. That's a, that's a admirable road, I will say, because. Chaos first, chaos, order later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it makes sense to do it that way. Really? Yeah, to start a kind of eclectic, and then, and then you start pulling it together and honing in. Yeah, you were fine, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I would, I would imagine though, like, well, like we were talking about, like, like punk band and stuff. You mean like, you know, yeah, many of those people they even to this day, they, you know, but I'm like I said, in her fifties, they, they don't know how to read music. They don't know, you know, they just picked up instruments and just went, for and went, yeah, and went for it and created that chaos and everything. And then a lot of them later learned jazz and other things and like well, owned it more. And I, I know for myself, like, had I, had I never done psychedelics, I don't honestly can't answer the question. We wouldn't be friends. If, well, yeah, first of all. Too. Oh no. <laughs> Wow, I just derailed my head. Um, I don't know if I would have gotten into the music that I got into like I did. Very and, true. And it was because of a couple of really seminal, profound experiences at live music that put me on the trajectory that I'm on. And uh, do you have a moment like that in your life that you can call back to that you like, at a show or seeing or listening to now where you're like, Oh shit, I get it. Hey, we're sorry to interrupt with our ads, but you know what? We got to pay the bills around here. And this is actually kind of cool. You know what? If you live in Portland, you should go check out Define premium cannabis because they got two locations, one in Hillsboro, one in forest Grove. And you know what they do out there? They give you the best cannabis products in the world there that's true yeah it is true help us out apple well if you come out and visit uh make sure first of all when you come in be like i'm a knit listener of no simple road i'm a knit, li- i'm a knit listener i'm a knit listener you can say it as clearly or messed <laughs> I'm up a as lit you'd listener. like yeah. okay yeah but make sure that we know you listen to the show you're gonna get 10 percent off we're gonna give you a free t-shirt we're gonna get very excited we're gonna take mm-hmm. care of you we're gonna send you out the door with whatever you need for whatever ails you Boom. you're gonna go skipping out in the parking lot all happy just can't wait to get home open up that bag of goodies sit down by the fireplace i mean around the christmas tree pretty soon you're gonna be so excited open all these goodies get feeling good and then you know what you're gonna want to do mm. you're gonna want to come back again Ooh. yeah what? when you come back again you wear that shirt you get 15 percent off we're gonna get excited all over again Dang. we're gonna get another goodie bag for you we're gonna send you home you're gonna be feeling good am so. i gonna skip the second time i go in you could Don't. go right past the double dog dare to the triple. Okay. So there all I is. know is we'll get you feeling good and comfy and you're going to enjoy everything. Aww. Go check out Define Premium Cannabis, one in Hillsboro, one in Forest Grove. Go by the Hillsboro location. Ask for Apple Monday That's through me. Friday and he'll come out of the back dressed like um, a, a carnival barker. No, not oh. like, no, <laughs> no. And he'll, he'll direct you to the 
proper cannabis product with one of those long like rattan canes that they used to use in the carnivals back in the day. It's a whole thing. I, I, can't, I can't even really explain it properly. You just have to go in there and see what I'm talking about. So go check out Define Premium Cannabis, man. It's pretty cool. Now let's go back to the to the interview. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking... I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Absolutely, yeah. I can think of a very specific thing that I think you you could probably dig. Um, when I was... When I graduated from high school, I graduated from high school in 2001. And uh, somebody gave me, I got as a gift, I think it was like a graduation gift. I got tickets to go see the Trey Anastasio solo band at oh, the time shit. at the Mann Center in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, that was like, I had never seen fish. I didn't, I didn't, for whatever reason, I hadn't seen fish in high school. And then this was like in between, this is when they were on hiatus, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think... I don't even remember if there was a record out or, or anything, you know, I didn't know what Trey's band was going to do. And I went and I, I loved it. I had, uh, I, I remember really, really digging on it. And then they came out for the encore and it was like, in this time, I was really like, I was really into the dead. And I was, I, I, this is when I thought that saxophone was easy to play. Like I just, I was trying to like wrap my head around something, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, for the encore, there's this guy in sequins that comes out and sits in with them and just screams for 10 minutes on saxophone over the whole thing. And afterwards, like, you know, I think Trey introduced, I'm sure Trey introduced them, but I had no, I was like, who who was that guy? You know, to my friend I was with, and it was Marshall Allen from the Sun Ra Orchestra. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, they had done that, that uh, surrender to the air thing a couple of years before and like i didn't i know i had heard that at that point but i wasn't like that was too something like i I hadn't connected with that album but hearing like here's this band that's super tight and it's just like grooving hard and they've been grooving hard all night you know and uh then this dude just comes out and like opens a hole in the cosmos just screaming on the saxophone like i've never heard any music happened before it was like total noise and chaos over this thing and it was like that's i need to know more about that and it totally sent me on a trip for the next oh that's so cool for the next 20 years that's wow. oh, heck Talk how old were you at the time heck. like what what is this your age group like how impressionable were you <laughs> oh this was like the month after i graduated from high school oh my gosh yeah yeah, like yeah. Wow. uh marshall allen i have to try to search that out there's a podcast called Alive Again. Have you listened to it? It's I haven't. It's, no, it's a it's an Osiris thing, and this isn't a shameless plug. It, it uh, it's Trey's story, story. sort of, it, and it's okay. like it's I can't remember how many episodes it is, but anyway, one of the episodes he's talking about like seminal musical moments in his life, and he reference he talks about Marshall Allen and. So him and Fishman, when they graduated high school or college or whatever, went and saw Sun Ra and Marshall Allen was doing his thing. 
and it completely did the same thing that happened to you to them yeah, same exact so cool. story like he was like i thought i had seen people play music prior and then after it was a completely different thing i and i and it started him on a trajectory the same way isn't that so weird dude that like that whole orchestra thing i mean it's a it's a super deep deep refined experience like though they've that sound has been worked on so thoroughly um, and all of the, the main player Marshall, you know, like his approach to sound, he can play anything and sound like himself. He's I've seen him play, you know, cause I'm in Philadelphia. It's like he lives, they live here and right. I've seen them. I, you know, I have no idea how many times I've seen the orchestra or members of the orchestra or, you know, whatever, you know, that adjacent music. Um, and I've seen Marshall play with people where he's playing a Casio keyboard and he still sounds like Marshall Allen. And wow. it's like, you know, he's like has a toy keyboard up to a mic and he's just going like this. And it sounds like Mark Marshall Allen. It's just such a deep thing that they have like really honed and refined and distilled the way it is that it's like seeing any of that perform live, whether it's the whole orchestra or just seeing Marshall do something or a small group version of something, um, it's like, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, a spiritual person very much. I'm not a religious person at all, but it's probably the closest thing I could think of, of like that kind of experience. It is an elevated musical, emotional experience that yep. like, I think just like moves people differently than other music. And, you know, <laughs> that, uh, the orchestra is very rooted in like magic and yeah. there's a, there's a heavy heavy mojo with them. Absolutely. And it, and it's, yeah. but it's a trip to me that like, you know, human beings have been banging on shit forever and dancing around fires. And that even now we're talking, we're in 2022, man. Like those moments of like gathering together with music are some of the most impactful moments of our lives and like actually change where we're going and what we're doing for the rest Absolutely. of our, isn't that weird? It's the best. It's the best <laughs> shit ever. It's but, well, it's like such a connection. Like we all talk about like through our blood, through like our DNA connection to our ancestors. Music is like a chain of DNA that goes through all of us and brings us together. Yeah. It, it, it's like a common language that, that yeah. brings us together. And that, from thousands of years ago that still is alive and everything we hear and in us and keeps going and i wonder with music like you're making like again i am no musician so when i listen to like the stuff that you're creating it's baffling to me that you would be able to play that again <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i agree yeah that's like one time trick that you can do yeah. all right you- that was cool like <laughs> When you well, go- it is though, right? It is yes. just a one-time trick. So it's it, it's you know with any of this stuff, it's you know whether you're talking about jam music or free improvisation, it, it is just a one-time trick. Yeah, it is. You but know, we like all have you our can- moves. We have our, <laughs> our our little tricks up our sleeve, and you know things we go to. But it's like it, it never combines again the same way. So, but you can always go back to it. Like you can do it another night, a second night in a row, a third night in a row maybe it's a completely different trick, but you got a lot of tricks. 
is what is what you know what I mean. It's always about looking for for a new one. Yeah, yeah. Yes. For, for something new to get into and for you know, but it's it's just can you have the same conversation twice? Like we don't have the same conversation. That's twice. Oh, that's but we can true. hang out again next weekend and still have vibe another on yeah. each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. So really good it's point. Just that you know. So yeah. I, I'm curious too because we were listening this morning. We're we're throw, threw it out there to each other like imagining coming to see you guys do this live uh is there any plans of like dude like popping around to clubs or going and doing this live or anything sure yeah we um so we did a couple a couple things this summer uh ron and i did as a duo we played um we did two tours in just short short tours um in july and then in September, we did a tour as a trio with, with Bostrom on drums. Um, but that was all just around here. Nothing too, nothing too extensive. Um, you know, Ron and I, so figuring out how to, we love playing as a duo, um, but it is, a, you know, we have found it to be awfully special with Bostrom on drums. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we have to, we do have to figure out how to make that a little bit easier to do considering he lives in Phoenix yeah, um, to make that you know, come that, together. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll do something out there, do some West coast shows. Um, I, uh, yeah, my wife and I are about to have a baby, so we're, I don't have oh, anything yeah. planned. I can't, I can't tell you about something right now. I'm not, uh, planning a West coast trip too soon, but like, hopefully like within the, you know, a year from now or something, when's the baby we will, do? we will do that again. What's that? When's the baby due? February. Oh, right. you're almost there. The first week of February, which could be, uh, that could go either way. That could be January baby too. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not imminent. It's not tomorrow. But for tour planning, it's like, well, all right, well, this might be like later that we do this. Okay. okay. Well, no, now we're stuck on the baby. So this is your first, is this your first, is this <laughs> yeah. your first baby? Sorry about the music, but yeah, what about this baby? It's your first baby. Oh, so you're about to come a, become a dad. Congratulations. Wow. Yeah. Man. It's, it's the coolest thing yeah. ever. It's so cool. They they know. Awesome. I I don't. Yeah, I have no, no children. But all those people that are like, oh, I have a kid. It's gonna fucking ruin. Everything. Don't listen to any of those people, man. It's the dopest shit. Ever. I feel like somehow being a parent. Oh, we're so yeah, yeah. Somehow being a parent makes you a superhero, and <laughs> you don't mean to be it, and you kind of don't want to, but it makes you have all these. I guess kind of like your music, like you're like improv, like yeah. putting tricks up your sleeve, but you're doing it in life with another life in real time. And it's such it's a, a mini me. It is. And it's so cool. And as you know, I'm sure as much as you love your wife, you see, look at this baby and you're like, this is us mixed up together. It's such a cool unexplainable feeling yeah, man i'm still you know? tired that's cool well, I, I've, I've grown up me me and aaron have been friends for almost 40 years uh oh, wow. aaron and mel just celebrated their 25th oh, anniversary we're coming up on it we're coming well, up on you guys have a years. double anniversary yeah thing. but the thing about that is i've seen them i vicariously lived through them watching them raise their kids Aaron, when we were kids, he was the most irresponsible person I ever knew in my life. Yeah. He he was the bad influence, you me. know, and everything. I never thought, but but I seen him become a dad and seeing Mel as a mother, 
raising their kids, which, you know, that their daughter, Sydney's in her late 20s. Yeah, 27 and, and 20. And their, their baby just moved out of our house like a month ago to go start his own journey. And to see all this, like right now, they kind of have empty nest syndrome. But they're filling that with things like going to fish Mexico, yeah, and, and, and this. taking these well, trips, and this, that, Nick, you know, like. and, this, and, and, and and this. But you're going to yeah. have a fun journey. It's a trip, man. <laughs> well, and I think we're very excited. Sometimes too, like when you're a whatever occupation you is, yours clearly happens to be music. You don't realize that having another person around will a thousand percent affect your output. And I don't mean it negative or positive. I just mean right, it changes yeah. it. Like yeah. you have stuff that you haven't even felt yet that you're going to have to emote. And one of your biggest ways of doing that is through music. So you've, you've got, you've spent a lifetime of doing all this quirky, crazy shit, that like, shit. and then coming to refine chaos, it's going to blow that shit again and right. give you some completely new inspiration and insight that you've never had. So what you've put out now i'm excited to see what you put out in a year and a half from now to see what kind of inspiration and and different type of sounds this baby brings to you that spacey lullaby albums coming up (laughs) yeah well what's what's one rad thing like our daughter she's married to a drummer and and they recently started uh making music and they're doing an ep and some of the one of their first songs has my grandson Jasper in it and his sounds kind of looped and dubbed when he's like just like laughing or crying and it's the dopest shit like it's really sweet and to put your entire family into your project you know what I mean like so I'm I'm just excited for you and your wife I don't even know her but I'm excited for you guys because because it sounds like you've had such a healthy um fun diverse career so it's not like you're you've you've had that so you don't have to like push family aside to do that you get to like go together now and that that's a really sweet spot to be in we are we are very excited about that right on you guys i I have i have the like practical dad question now um so we've talked to a lot of musicians and like from what i gather it's really fucking hard to make a living playing music and the bands that we've spoken to majority of them are making money by touring and the merch booth. That's it. How, how can you, how do you work to support yourself with this, with grassy sounds? How does it work? Well, it's very easy. I have a day job. Oh, Uh, okay. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. There it is. (laughs) I, the the easy answer is I do not. Right. <laughs> we do too, man. We Fair. do too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I have a music adjacent day job, which um, is is great, and I love, and uh, that that makes it easier to to engage with music still, um, and but do it selectively. Yeah. You know, so that's you know short tours and stuff like that. Right. I can I can pick and choose when when we're still experimenting with the project, longer tours when something's really clicking. Um, so I'm very lucky in that regard that I'm not like, you know, it's, it's hard. I, you know, I've only had this job of, I was freelance and traveling. I was doing a lot of, um, I'm a music journalist and, you know, before it's only been a year and a half that I've been doing this for my full-time job. Like before that I was freelancing and I would, I would go on tour and I would be trying to figure out how to, uh, 
you know, I'd look at, I'd look at my tour dates and be like, I'm going to be, you know, whatever in Pittsburgh, I can, you know, maybe I'll pitch an article on this guitar store or whatever. Like, you know, just always looking for ways to make it all work together. Right. And uh, how how my work life and my music life could relate because yeah I I it, I was never just doing music I was doing music and writing about guitars and giving guitar lessons when I was home and just you know always had to have multiple streams moving at once. Yeah. So Nick, it was it that eighteen year old um, time in your life when you realized that you wanted to play music or was it before that? Um. That's a good question. I mean, I, you know, I, I started playing it. I started playing guitar at a really young age that it's like, I don't, I don't know. It just sort of, it, it all sort of happened. I started taking guitar lessons when I was eight and, you know, took it pretty seriously, like wow. not long after, like I just, it worked for me and it was a thing I identified with. And I, I was even thinking about this, um, watching, watching the Phillies you know, oh, really through the world series, just about like, man, I used to play baseball and just thinking like, why did I ever stop? Like, why didn't I? Oh, right. Because of, because music just became a nothing else existed wow. except for playing guitar. You know, I didn't want to play baseball anymore. I wanted to play the guitar all of the time at any time, you know? And so it's like, it never really felt like um, an option that I chose. It just <laughs> felt like, what happened with my life if that makes any sense like you know I got to college and it was just like okay what's the next coolest thing I can next coolest band I can be into or you know how can I like play guitar differently than other people and always just like moving forward with it and then at some point I just realized like okay this is what I'm this is what I'm doing they chose you (laughs) yeah that's what it sounds like I, I tried some other things you know in college i tried different majors and stuff. I, I really try not, I tried very hard not to be a musician. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I couldn't get away from it. Wow. You're, you're lucky, right. man. That, that I mean, is. that's, that's fortunate. Cause it took me 44 years to figure out what I was passionate about. Like, yeah. yeah sometimes for, that doesn't like hit people no. right off. And to be able to like have the, presence of mind to like just give into it and know like yeah hey i this is this is me i identify with this and i'm gonna find the next coolest thing and keep going and you know like you sounds said, like you didn't have a choice no, though like no. it really kind of grabbed hold of you I, I don't feel like i had a choice i can uh i can point to a very specific thing that like after college i didn't i didn't feel like this was a, a smart idea i didn't feel like you know, follow, chasing experimental guitar music was really like a wise career choice that like everybody around me was going to support. And that I, like, I didn't even know. And I, I took a year to just, I was teaching guitar lessons at a music store and just keep doing that and figure things out. And I applied to law school. I got accepted into law school. I was like, okay, I'll be, that's, I like, I like this idea. That seems like a thing I could do and I could be a lawyer and have cool guitars and stuff for, you know, <laughs> and not be a blues lawyer. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, and it, you know, a lot of it, it was tied up at the time in a lot of like confidence issues with oh. music. Like I loved music, but I didn't feel like I had friends who I just thought like, they're so much better than me. Like I can't be a guitar player They're I'm not as good as all these other people. And, you know, just watching everybody else who went to went to like 
awesome conservatories and stuff like that. And I was like, I didn't do that. So I, you know, I'm just playing my weird, my own weird songs and stuff. And uh, so, so yeah, so I, I, I got accepted into law school and I was going to go and it was like, whatever, you know, classes started in August and at the end of July, I got the, I got the bill and I got, um, it was like a packet of some, some stuff I needed to read. And I re- I like very clearly remember, like it's, you know, more than more than like most other things in my life. I can put myself right in this moment of opening up this thing and looking like, you know, whatever it costs, I'm just like looking at it and then looking at what I had to read. And I and I was going to pass out. I had to oh, I had to sit shit. down oh. and put my oh. head between my legs. I was like, I felt like I was going to throw up. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I had a total, I had a total panic attack. And I just like knew that that I knew I wasn't doing it. I was like, wow, right there. I don't have the option to do this with my life. I've been lying to myself. This isn't what's going to work for me. (laughs) Whoa. I just, I just want to keep playing music. And it's like, I, that's what I mean. Like I I tried really hard not to be a professional musician in any way. (laughs) I would, I would imagine that in that moment, like, the pressure's off. Like once the panic attack is done, yeah, right. <laughs> then it's like the weight. It wasn't is, at first. Yeah, no, the, but the weight's lifted after that. Well, it's I, like, oh, okay, I, I, I'm doing this. Now. And once you failed at not being a musician, yeah. <laughs> like, like that's a good failure right there. Like, oh, I blew yeah. it. I guess I'm gonna be a musician. Wow. And I just said, I'm just going to have to figure out how to like express myself on this thing and feel like I'm doing it. Cause it, I don't, I clearly don't have a choice. What about like your parents? Were they like super supportive of like, be a lawyer or be He's a like, musician no, or no, absolutely. Be a lawyer. yeah. Oh, yeah. Be a lawyer. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, make, make noise music. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know what, but some, yeah. you know what, some parents they're they grow up musicians themselves. And so they're encouraging their kids to be that same you you never know you no, know what i mean like you never no. know where people's you know parents were raised and how how they uh you know right right yeah some i know people like that uh no that wasn't that was that wasn't the case uh, not the case <laughs> uh, i mean now it's like now i things it's decades a couple decades right. later and uh things are working out all right and now they're getting a grandchild i was know? just gonna oh, say yeah. you're giving that, them that'll a shut them up real quick man it, it, yeah <laughs> there's nothing you, yeah you uh, want you want it wasn't uh you said the pressure was off. The pressure wasn't off. The pressure oh. was off for me. And then I was like, oh, I talk to my mom. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now she's, now she's into it. <laughs> do they, do they dig the music? Um, my mom likes coming to see me play. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know that she puts, she, you know, my, my records are, uh, out there for her. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah. I don't know that she's putting, she's, Never expressed that she's putting them on okay. when, uh, when I'm not around. <laughs> but she right. likes to see you play. Well, that's, that's cool. I would yeah. love to go see. Yeah. As a mom, you want to see your kid do whatever it is that they're doing. And like, yeah. who cares what it is? You're out of a cannonball. I'm going to go see my kid do that. Like, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Well, that would be right cool. She actually comes out to a lot, like a lot of shows that I play in Philly. If I, when I invite her, she, she comes a lot. So I guess she, she must like something about it. Shout <laughs> shout out, mom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a really weird question. Uh-oh. You ready? All right. So the other day we we do like two episodes a week. Like we do an interview and we release that on Friday. And then on on Mondays we release just the three of us hanging out talking about stuff. Right. And uh last week I asked these guys, I was like, so if you had 
unlimited resources. Like if money wasn't a, an, a thing, you, you know, bill comes in, you can pay it. If you want to buy something, you can buy it. That's not an object. What would you be doing? So, but my question to you is with unlimited resources, what would be the dream for grassy sounds? Oh, okay. Um, well, would definitely make, um, would make our next record really soon with un- unlimited resources. Okay. Um, that's sort of something where, you know, because this record was made at the really the last minute we could make it pre pandemic. We, we finished this record like the last week of February, 2020. Oh, and then whoa. just had to sit okay. until, you know, then with label stuff and waiting for it, waiting for it to happen and waiting to see what happened with everything. So like, you know, at this point, the record is uh, two and a half years old. Wow. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're ready, you know, we'll unlimited resources. We're making another, I'm flying to Phoenix and we're going to hang out for a week and rehearse and, you know, then go make a record. And that, that's really the, that would be the next thing we would do. And then we'd just go, on tour all over the place but really we wouldn't because i'm about to have a baby so really i just make a record and then nothing else would, <laughs> you be would different. unlimited resources i would i would buy a bunch of baby furniture and hook the up baby's the coming with us <laughs> i wouldn't wait for good gigs to come along i would just go play a bunch of gigs but uh that not no not the case yeah it would be hooking it's, up the baby it's really funny but, it's but funny so that he answered like it's that. funny because i was gonna say like he asked me the question and I mean, I love my life. I was like, I do the same thing just at a higher level. Like, yeah, right. Go like faster, do more of it. Exactly. Right? You know, if I like this outfit, I'm getting four of them instead of one or like little things yeah. like that. But like the core of your life or uh, the core of my life, it's great. And like, that's a very fortunate place to be. And I just always like to point that out for people. Like if you're not changing much of your life, um, if you've had unlimited resources, that's a good life, man. I want a butler. Yeah. Congratulations, a yeah. <laughs> a butler and a prevo. A butler and a prevo. Okay. Yeah. Then we could like go on tour and he'd wake me up in the morning with like, here's your coffee. And <laughs> every fantasy of Aaron's involves coffee. Involves coffee, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, you know, tour would look a little bit differently now that I'm not worried about making the finances make sense. And I'm sure coffee would relate. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty modest about my tastes, so it wouldn't get too lavish, but I'm sure that would be nice coffee situation. Right on. Yes. Man after my own heart. All right. Now I, hold on. I got to I got to throw I I can't wait someday. It's weird. I'm a West coast dude, but all of my teams our oh, Philadelphia teams, except really? except for oddly, the Phillies, like the, oh, the I know, dude, the Seventy Sixers, the Flyers, the Eagles are all my, but the Anaheim Angels are my baseball team because my grandpa used to take me to uh, game. We used to go see. He was a Boston fan from Boston. We'd go see. We'd see the Red Sox and the Angels play a series every year. But I am rooting for the Phillies. They got to beat the Astros. You know, Astros, the Astros are one enough. Plus, it's Philly. But my my question, I just like to throw this out because I can't wait to go to Philly someday to have a real Philly cheesesteak. Who has the best Philly cheesesteak in Philly? Uh, the best Philly cheesesteak in Philly is probably um, a place called Delisandro's in Roxborough neighborhood, northwest of the city. That is my personal favorite. Okay. 
There's a place. So I live uh, about two years ago. My wife and I moved from Philly to um, to New Jersey. We live right across the river. Um, but there's a place here called Donkey's Place. Uh, I had never had it, even though it's, I live 10 minutes from where I used, or 15 minutes from where I used to live on the other side of the city, like Philly's right there. I so close, but I had never come over here because I thought like New Jersey cheesesteak, no way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like Anthony Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain was a Philly hater. So there was that, like, so I I didn't take a lot of stuff. I think he was just looking for a way to say something bad about Philly, but he claimed the donkey's place was actually the best cheesesteak. So finally we moved over here. It's like five minutes away. I can finally, we had to go to donkey's place and I don't know, man, it is really good. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe both, but it's, it's a different thing. This is a really controversial food opinion. I know. That's why I asked this topic. Donkey's is on a Kaiser roll. Not a long roll. Oh. And so it's like that sort of disqualifies it to some people from the che- I'm not a cheesesteak purist. So for me, it's like cheesesteak and bread, cool. I'm I'm counting it. But uh, you know, for some people, the long roll is essential. So the donkeys wouldn't be in the running. But I would say those are those are the two I'm pointing to. But okay. I would also say my controversial uh Philly food opinion is that the cheesesteak. Well, I think a lot of people hold this opinion. The cheesesteak is not the best sandwich that the best local sandwich that Philly has to offer. Oh, what okay. is it? We'll come here, we'll do like a sandwich tour, and That's I can favorite. I can talk to you about oh, Philly okay. sandwiches. I would okay. love a sandwich well, tour. I, it's my favorite food ever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love I love that. I mean, it's awesome that food is such a controversial thing. Because I can't right. remember. I uh, we asked somebody we talked to like a couple years ago. I asked the same question, and he's like, "I prefer not to say on air." Like, like, kind of like I, I can get myself in trouble with some people I know. It's like the same thing as throwing out what's the best pizza in New York. I mean, that can turn into a heated, like, yeah. debate and very serious opinion. So, thank you for yours. So. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's that working class city vibe. We like really take a lot of we put a lot of um, pride into the sandwiches that we grow up eating and then continue to eat for the rest of our lives. Yes. I love oh, yeah. the East coast is so dope. It is the East coast. <laughs> the East coast is amazing. It, it, yeah. We just have like bean sprouts, tofu no. and shit. <laughs> yeah, we, we got other stuff, but it doesn't have to. Oh, come on. That is an actually like a better, healthier lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's not as good. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're yeah, right. it is. Yeah. Um, how how can people support you and where can they go find out about the music? So, you know, I, there's, there's a bunch of stuff up on my band camp. Um, that's all, all different stuff. There's a lot of, of different stuff, stuff to listen to. Um, but you know, grassy sound is, uh, the grassy sound record is out. I just want people to check that out. That's what I'm mm. hyped on right now. Yes. And, um, yeah, so that's that's you can go to my Bandcamp page. You can go to the label is Destiny Records, destinyrecords.bandcamp.com. Okay. Um, or you can just put in my name.bandcamp.com. It's up there. Um, and, you know, it's on all the streaming services too. But the vinyl looks very cool. I think that's the, that's the thing to get. And then, mm-hmm. you know, next year when we're playing some shows again, um, hopefully sooner than later, we, uh, you know, come see us. Or, yeah. or even better, the best way people can can support us is uh, just invite us to some gigs. Give us an excuse to travel, and uh, and we'll be there. there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, hey man, we're looking for a reason to come out. You know, 
Give me the reason to book the West Coast tour next summer. Absolutely. Right. And if you That's end it. up in Portland, man, you got a place to stay. You don't have yeah, to get man. a hotel here. Awesome. We love to put you awesome. up. We'll take you out for some bean sprouts and, and tofu. Yeah. <laughs> Please. I, I need a plan, man. Hey, that new baby needs a healthy dad, all right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Less sandwiches, maybe. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. This was yeah. super fun. The time went. Fucking! Fa- I looked and I was like, "God damn it, we're already done." Shit! Dang. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Nick. Seriously, great. you. Oh, this have, is so much fun, right? Yeah, you, man. You've got great some chat. really great energy, and from the beginning, right when you came on, you brought your energy, and I just hope that when people hear that, that they they feel that about you and and your music, because you really do bring a nice vibe. And like I was saying earlier, your music, um, tell Ron, you guys are killing it, and we love everything oh, you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, man. That that really means a lot. Thank you, guys. And congratulations and, uh, on the baby, man. I yeah, this is cool. <laughs> thank, thank you, guys. And yeah, if you're coming out to Philly, let me know. I'll Heck take yeah, we'll yes. do, man, for sure. <laughs> right on. You have a good right, day, brother. Man. Enjoy your Saturday. <laughs> All right, guys. You too. Right, talk to Thanks, you, Nick. Nick. Thanks for having me. Yep. Absolutely. That was super fun. Uh huh. Thanks, yeah. Nick. That was Nick's. I like Nick. I want to go eat sandwiches with Nick. I sure. really would love a Philly Both sandwich plain, tour. Like, plane flight to philadelphia yeah. oh, <laughs> i i really i mean philly's got like so much history and so i'd love to go to philly we've talked quite a few get on the mic man philly. what are you doing oh yeah. i don't know i don't know i'm not paying attention okay, i have to tell all you something last last friday we were thursday we Sometimes were recording and we stopped to go to another segment and apple just puts his mic away app mel and i are watching him do it and he just does it and then we're sitting there looking at him he's like what I was like, we're still recording. Oh, puts his mic down. Then we stopped again. We were going to do another segment. He did the exact, he did it three times. He just did it again. That's four. It's been a long week. I was very, the other night I was so exhausted. I was with you that night, I was like on autopilot. I'd worked like a 13 hour day the day before. And then, yeah, I've been put, yeah, I'm brain dead. Yeah. All right. I'll, 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 yeah, well, I did. I did it three times. I think Thursday. You did. Yeah, that was four. And and then finally, and then I'm not putting it away. And you're like, okay, we're done now. And I'm like, I don't believe it. I'm gonna wait until I'm gonna Last wait minute. until you two uh, put your mics up before I do anything else. Well, everybody, that was so fun. I was, hope that you go experience Grassy Sound. Yeah. Once you're done listening to this, and we're done. Turn them on and do the deep dive and go check out Desertion Trio too because that is uh, more amazing stuff that he's up to. Well, like he said, go on their band, but both both of them have a uh, lot, lot of bands and side projects they've been in. There's a lot of interesting music to seek out with these two. Yep, and uh, yeah, I don't know what's happening right now, but we'll we'll do our thing. We're gonna go have we're a gonna weekend. Go, have we're gonna, a, gonna go. We're gonna have lunch. a power business lunch. That's right. right. We have we have business to discuss. I gotta go put on my power suit. Yeah, I gotta change my outfit. I'm gonna put on my cape. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, everybody. We love you. Thanks Peace. for joining us. Yeah. What Mel said. Thanks for joining us. So remember, smile at a stranger. Take care of each other. Love one another. Love yourself. Wash and hydrate those hands. Safety third. Hydrate. And you know what? When you're Christmas shopping this year. Take it slow, and if you start getting edgy, breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth. Align your chakras and get your your alignment in in order, because it's important. Yeah, make sure to buy yourself something, too. That always helps. Get yourself up with a scent. Peace.
because of fear. We've traveled this road before, so we may think. But it's a tad bit of strange similarities that feed an A equal A complex. The fears of your past do not equal the perplexities of the current road. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.